0: Right, and welcome back to another episode of rebel with a cause i am your host eric and joining me today is bobby joe woods from the uh, ketolicious blog how's it going
1: i'm doing great how are you
0: doing i'm oh, doing pretty good it's uh about that time where we uh do another diet and uh exercise video or uh, audio i should say because i'm not doing video on this one <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i trip myself up that's okay <laughs> so right. uh, so uh Let's see. Uh, you had some uh, something that you uh, had prepared, I guess, for today? Some stuff well, that you really no, wanted to I, get off your chest?
1: No, not really. It was just... I, I didn't mean to sound so formal in the pre-show. I was just kind of... <laughs> I guess I was rambling, but not rambling in a rambly <laughs> way.
0: Well, as we all like to do. Sometimes we like to ramble on and have the Led Zeppelin song ramble on play on in the background, I guess. but. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, let's see. Uh, we had a whole bunch of questions, which I think will um, will kind of steer us in the right direction here. So the, uh, first one that I got, uh, from Robin is a brat that we uh, both know, uh, one of the f- fellow Liberty gingers out there, uh, is Jesse Kelly Keto. Now I have no idea who this Jesse Kelly Kelly guy is. So, uh, maybe you can answer that one. You don't.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't personally know him. I, seen him around twitter he's not somebody that i actually follow um Hmm. her her response was that he um i guess he has a joking way about it oh okay um like most people who aren't keto or don't follow it aren't interested in it yeah will tend to joke about it when they don't know much about it and this is no knock on him because like i said i don't know him but her answer was that um you know he he uses the word before a lot of things. Like he'll say, Oh, keto fries, keto pizza, you know, everything's keto. And it's like a joke to him, which, you know, fine, whatever. I mean, I joke about things I don't understand too. So, um,
0: yeah, I mean that could be the, like I a,
1: a, I got the impression that he doesn't really follow it or subscribe to the, to the, to the lifestyle. And that's just based on the, the answer that I had with, with her. So,
0: mm. well, he could be uh, making a play on it. Uh, cause we all know our wonderful uh, vegans, uh, friends who, you know, put like vegan warrior and stuff in their uh, Twitter handle and, uh, and everything like that. So he may be making a play on that where just everything is keto now, since keto is having its moment, maybe he's uh, yeah. trying to go for that.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's it. Or, you know, I know I made fun a lot of, a lot of gluten free stuff, you know, in the years past when it was having its moment, which, yeah. you know, now that you think about it, nobody really needs gluten and um, when I when it, when I was joking about how oh gluten free this gluten free that it was like, like okay peanut butter had a label on it once that I had in my house and it said gluten free and I, I of course thought that was the most ridiculous thing ever back then. <laughs> now that I think about it, the way that food is industrialized, I suppose it's important to let people know because. On a serious note, if the same plant makes something with wheat in it, you know, the consumer needs to know. Right. And you know, like I said before, nobody needs gluten. And it turns out that um, people that aren't even diagnosed with celiacs disorder, which is the gluten, you know,
0: yeah, anti-gluten
1: disease mean, for people listening and don't know, um, it actually can permeate the gut um, on regular healthy individuals over time. So, um you know, need to have the diagnosis, and, and anyway, so yeah, keto is having its moment, it seems, and and also, um, you know, the uh, Frankenburgers and the fake chicken are having their moment as well.
0: Oh yes, the uh, the good old Impossible Burger. I had a uh, a nice little interaction. Um, uh, Pete Quinones, who used to go by the uh, the name Mance Raider, uh, he had posted the um, the little meme of the uh, Impossible Burger on one side and like just a regular uh, beef patty on the other. And they in- included the ingredients of the impossible burger. And, uh, on the other side, it just said beef. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I had put down there in the, uh, the SpongeBob, uh, condescension, uh, text where the, you know, one lowercase letter and then the next one is capital, capitalized. Yeah, yeah. And so I put veganism is healthy. And, uh, of course, one of the, uh, <laughs> One of the people chimed in, there's nothing in those ingredients that, it, that is unhealthy. And I was like, Oh, well, let's see. Maltodextrin, canola oil, sunflower oil, and, you know, potato starch, modified food starch, corn. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, the, the impossible burger is nothing but sugar and grains. It's all unhealthy. Yeah, um, and, uh, the guy was like, Well, there's,
1: that's funny.
0: yeah, so he's like, Well, that's not going to, you know, kill people. I was like, No, the inflammation that those ingredients cause will kill people, you know, so it's, it, it still kind of amazes me that people think that, oh, I'm going to go vegan and I'm going to go vegetarian and I'm going to be healthy. And then you look at some of the ingredients of like vegan foods, like vegan vegan mayonnaise. I-, I can't serve that to a prisoner, you know, because I will be charged with a war crime <laughs> with all of the crap that's in there. You know, I might as well just hit them with a chemical well, you weapon. Know, you, know?
1: <laughs> you know, in some countries, some of those ingredients are actually illegal, but in the US, it's fair game.
0: Yeah, because we sell waste as a product to get around some of that. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was just kind of crazy. You know, I wouldn't, I, I was like, okay, well, if you're a vegan and you're trying to replace those foods that you used to when you had meat to kind of satisfy that, uh, I guess craving or whatever it is, uh, it's like, okay, but you know, understand, you know, the, the burger patty, isn't the unhealthy part of a cheeseburger, you know, it's the bun, it's the ketchup, <laughs> it's the, uh, the fake American cheese that they throw on top of it. Yeah, it's, it's not the yeah. meat itself.
1: Yeah. Well, and also who knows what pea protein does? I mean, can I grow a third head? I mean, I don't, who knows what that, does. have we been, have humans by and large been eating protein for many years? I mean, I, I know I, I could say the same about the carnivore diet, like on the flip side, you know, in five years, am I going to be, am I going to be uh, ill? Yeah. You know, but, but pea protein, like where does this come from? This is like, the new kid on the block in terms of like food when it, you know as far as mainstream knowledge of food but you know
0: yeah if i wanted pea I protein know. i would just go get peas you know and not from a can <laughs> but yeah uh,
1: and i i mean i understand that there are going to be people that that insist that you know uh, living completely plant-based is good and blah 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 and and for all intents and purposes you know they could be right and and the carnivores could be right and maybe somehow we could meet in the middle and just agree that whole food is better for us than, you know, everything that Western culture has considered normal for the last 50 years.
0: Yeah. Well, I like to tell them, I was like, there is a definite conversation that needs to be had about factory farming and big agribusiness, you know, because I I think both the carnivore people and the uh, vegan people will want to know the source of their food. Um, but yeah, there there definitely needs to have a conversation about factory farming practices, which is what seems to be that uh, that most of the vegans are upset about. And, you know, because they'll show the, you know, the images of, uh, you know, people rustling up uh, pigs and everything to go into the slaughterhouse and they'll show them being abused and everything else. And that kind of stuff breaks my heart because I have an affinity towards animals. But, you know, that that's not all meat eaters. You know, there's people out there who you know they go and visit the ranch where they're going to get their uh get their beef or their uh, pork or their chicken from and they know the farmer that they're getting it from so you can't say that those people are complicit in animal murder uh whatever that is but uh, yeah let's have that conversation let's join together and solve that problem and then maybe later we can argue about b12 deficiency all day long but uh yeah, it's uh, that actually kind of goes into uh, another uh, question that we got is carnivore viable as a long-term diet and how do you get enough vitamins and micronutrients? Uh and so uh, my answer to that is um if we if you're going to try and do carnivore, uh there are things that just the actual meat part of the animal is not going to get you. Uh, early humans, when they were eating animals, they were eating everything from the nose to the tail. So the, you know, heart, lungs, intestines, kidneys, uh, all of that stuff. And so, I,
1: yeah, I, and they didn't have room to be picky back then. I mean, right. you would go probably for weeks without meals and then, you know, suddenly you'd get a mammoth and so score for the whole village really. And
0: yeah, and muscle, um, like the muscle tissue and like sinew and everything, It was like, Last ditch, we're, we're just gonna have to chew on these bones to get whatever else is out of them that we can. <laughs> so I, I've actually witnessed, uh, that in some African tribes when they, uh, when a hunter comes and kills an elephant, uh, and they got, got to, uh, divvy up the meat and everything afterwards. You know, you'll, you'll see them like chew on like the rib bones of the elephant just to try and get every last little bit of calories that they can out of it. But the first thing that they ate was all the, all the organ meat. So yeah, it's kind of amazing. In some
1: in some historical contexts that is the truth. Um and and honestly there are people in the carnivore movement who will argue that, you know, nose to tail eating is superior and that, you know, we should try to eat more organ meats and this and that. And the other people will say that um that muscle meat is superior and that organ meats are fine if you can Tolerate or even access them, yeah. And if you don't, you know that you can just supplement with. can supplement with things like uh, B five. I think is one. Um, coenzyme Q ten is another, which is something that I've got experience with. Yeah. But as far as nutritional completeness goes, yes, it's possible for you to have a complete nutritional profile on the carnivore diet.
0: Yeah, it just uh, takes some working and finding out what, what's working for you
1: saying, yeah and there are some people that you know that argued that vitamin c is not a profile in the carnivore diet and while that's true um there are also people out there that have done the research to prove that vitamin c isn't necessary if what you're eating is animal products completely and no carbohydrate
0: yeah yeah um And I think a a lot of it's still pretty new. And so we'll just have to have some more studies done about it and something with an actual clinical trial. You know, as much as I love Dr. Sean Baker and he has that, you know, world carnivore, carnivore month, uh, where people just kind of put up their own anecdotal evidence and everything. Uh, you know, those are great, uh, so that you can have a reference, but I think an actual clinical trial needs to be, to be done, you know, with a control and a certain population eating just meat, some eating meat and organs, and then some just maybe doing a, um, just doing a regular diet and seeing how it shakes out afterwards. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, the science isn't settled anywhere really when it comes down to all of this. And, and, um, you know, while I admire, um, Dr. Baker for, for everything that he does, um, you know, that he's, he's, he's definitely got his, uh, his critics even within his own community. And,
0: um,
1: he's, these folks uh they all they all present a unique perspective, and they all present um unique arguments that that could be good, but um I think it's important for people to just realize that you know you're your own scientist as well, and you know n equals one and and yes, you can be anecdotal and this and that and the other thing, my whole focus right now is the reason that I've become carnivore. Over just ketogenic and low carb is because this isn't something I just jumped into. This is something that um, I sort of arrived at and it was right. completely accidental and at the same time is when I started to notice people talking more about you know, upping your protein and you know, eliminating certain things and feeling better now. Some of that could be placebo, but honestly, when it started to happen to me, I was like, okay, this can't just be a coincidence that, you know, after cutting out spinach and cabbage and most things like tomatoes and almonds, that my little tiny complaints that I sort of thought I just was always going to have as a person, a human have just gone away. And and actually those weren't even that noticeable before until they were gone. And it was like, well, this is completely (laughs) awesome. Yeah. just little things like that their first hour when you first get out of bed and you have a little bit of a crick in your neck or um, having bouncy joints so I've got um, matriarchal history of severe arthritis my mother her mother her mother's mother I mean yeah, they Saturday. all have got claws. they've all got claws by the time they're 70 you know and it's all knotted up and right. just del- debilitating almost, um, to the point where you're laying in bed and you can't go anywhere because your hands hurt that much. Yeah. And I've noticed um a slight onset where um my fingers and my um the last two toes on my feet and also um sometimes my elbows have um started to sort of set in with some of that stuff. Yeah. And ever since I went carnivore, it's it hasn't gotten worse, but it doesn't feel as like springy anymore. I don't know how it else took to describe it, but I believe that it's early arthritis onset. And I think that that's just something that's going to be in my mom's side of the family. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. You see on my, in my family, I don't really think there was anybody that had like arthritis up until they were like all the way up in their eighties, you know, just when it would just uh, develop at, at that point. But um, you know, they I've seen some people that start getting it like in their twenties and thirties, you know, and you can start seeing the, you know, the pinky finger start to close in a little bit. And then the next time you see them, like maybe 10 years later, like the rest of their fingers are all kind of, you know, that kind of lobster claw kind of looking thing. But, um, yeah. And if you're noticing that it's not, you know, speeding up and it's just kind of gradual, uh, that's probably preferable because it it sounds like in your case, that's probably just going to happen anyways. Because uh, he kind of hit the genetic lottery on that one, uh, as far as a hereditary uh, disease or uh, chronic ailment.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, um, the reason I went keto in the first place was because um, my, my diabetes was so bad that even when eating according to the guidelines and taking all of the medicines – I'm sorry. The property owner decided to send his work out today to do the and <laughs> time. So I don't know if you can hear that, but, um, it's probably cutting out.
0: Uh, it's fine. I hear a little bit of something in the background. I, you know, I'm like right next to the road. So every now and then we'll get a big truck that'll go by.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I moved my mic down to the table. It's a webcam. It's not on, but it's oh, okay. my microphone. Yeah. Um, because I felt like I was yelling up at the monitor because it's at the top of my monitor. <laughs> but anyway, so, so yeah, I mean, it's possible that, that these things can all be true at the same time, but it's also possible that John Baker's an anomaly. Maybe he's just a freak of nature. We, we don't know. We don't know any of this stuff. Right. All I know is it. we feel better. My, um, my blood sugar started going back down more than it had before with keto yeah. And I don't know if that's because of the addition of the enzyme supplementation, which I've heard does help with blood sugar. But also my weight started heading down again, even though I started to disregard calories and focus just on protein.
0: Yeah, um, like I never really got into the into the weeds of like studying all the macros and everything when I was, uh, you know, hardcore and SNG. Now I'm... Pretty much 90% carnivore because I'll, I'll eat a lot of meat, a little eggs and, you know, I, and occasionally I'll still have, you know, a broccoli or a salad or something. Um, I'm not like too strict with it and, and you know, I'll, I'll feel full. Like yesterday I had lunch and that was it. Today, you know, I had a uh, sausage, <laughs> uh, sausage without any crap in it. Uh, it's a uh, one particular maker here in Louisiana that does it pretty good. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel fine. Uh, last night I went to bed and, you know, I hadn't eaten anything since the lunchtime. So, uh, and for me, I'll just kind of stop whenever I feel full, you know, and I'm not really checking, you know, what was the percentage of fat in this? What was the percentage of protein or whatever? And I'll just kind of do it until I'm sated am then I'm, then I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's seems to be, um, the solution for a lot of people that have, um, you know, some problems struggling with, with, uh, staying low carb. And I think, One of those problems can be the tracking and the logging and all that. I'm not one of those people that has that difficulty, but I have from, I've come from years of disordered eating. And so for me, part of the tracking is just something to stick with so that I don't, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm not accountable to myself. I mean, I'm always more self-accountable and (laughs) less reliant on others. Right. But when it comes down to it, I'm sort of a nerd when it comes to data and stuff like that. So I, I'm studying this. This isn't something that I'm just doing just to feel better. It's also an experiment. So I feel like that's the reason that I do track macros and stuff. I don't recommend everybody do it because. You're not like me where you're literally working and, and, and living in the same place. Not everybody is working at home and, and cooking lunch at home and, you know, doing OMAD and, you know, yeah. being a self-employed. And all. I, I probably have a unique situation and I don't use the mobile apps for tracking these things. I use desktop apps. And so they're a lot more robust and they're a little bit more um, like if you tweak them. Um, which you can't do with a mobile app unless you're like paying for it, you know? Um, so I, I mean, I've got extensions that pull up different charts and things like that, that wouldn't normally be available to the everyday Joe that's just pulling up my fitness pal on a mobile app.
0: Well yeah, so, also you're sitting down at a computer to do it. So when you're doing it on your phone, you know, that Twitter notification's gonna come up and said, Hey, this dumb, dumb blue check mark said something stupid, let's go pile on. <laughs> you know, you're at a desktop am, and you're probably not getting those notifications either. So
1: Yeah, I don't have notifications on my phone except for work and calls. So oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: if I'm at my desk, there's no point in me even picking my phone up unless I'm on the phone with it a yeah. person. So so I'm not a mobile like I'm not a mobile user. Um, when I'm, when I'm on vacation or I'm away from my desk, I'm out running errands that I'm very mobile. And that's actually when I type the worst too. So if you ever catch me on a typo on Twitter and you're like, ah, and you catch it before I delete it, it's because I'm probably mobile <laughs> and I, I fat finger the hell out of everything. So um, I don't have that problem anywhere else, but the point I guess I was making is that yes, it can be a struggle. Yes. Yes even somebody who is like borderline Aspie like me um, can, can really um, get into the data of it and get sort of intense and serious about it. And so it's just not for everybody. Yeah, I just recommend that people, like you said, people just, you know, eat when you're hungry, don't stop until you're full. And that means like sitting down full, not standing up full, because if you stand up, you sort of feel full, even if you're not, you know what I'm saying?
0: Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a time and a place for checking macros and everything. And if you're going to start doing it, maybe then kind of get all nerdy with it and check everything, because that way it'll kind of give you a baseline of, you know, what you're going to do for the rest of the time. And uh and I will, I will tell people, look, you know, berries and nuts, uh, you know, I, all of that stuff is good on snacks. Uh It doesn't take much to overdo it because a lot for a long time. That was my problem. I would just go grab a handful of almonds. But then it became two handfuls of almonds. Uh, a little handful of blueberries, you know, <laughs> and you can, uh, you can get really crazy with it. And then, you know, kind of realize, okay, well, the weight loss has stalled. Uh, you know, I've got a headache now. And then you just look back and it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. Cause I ate an entire container of, uh, blueberries, uh, a whole bunch of almonds and a, uh, and some uh, walnuts just to be different this time, you know, <laughs> when I should have like stopped right at the beginning and not done all that. But, uh, yeah, it can get nuts a little bit. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because not to derail any further, and you're still doing questions. But um, yeah. I wanted to point out that that um, even when you're doing keto and you're like telling yourself, "Oh, it's fine," because you know it's the, all those things were are keto friendly, they're low carb. Yes, you can hit a limit, and yes, you can exceed the limit, and yes, you can struggle if yeah. you do that because you're going to find that the berries and the nuts and all that stuff you're still raising your insulin to a point. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if you're literally, if you're going to have one cashew, you're not going to raise your insulin, but if you have 10 yeah.
0: the chances
1: are pretty, you could, because those are the higher among the higher carb. And of course they're the most delicious because they're the higher carb.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, variety. And the thing with almonds too, is, um,
0: it's the nightshades and, and,
1: and berries. And yeah, we're talking about oxalates here.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, um, I used to use almond flour like it was, you know, free air outside, and <laughs> and I wondered why it was, you know, wondered why I was, you know, gaining and losing the same two pounds in a month over two months, and then repeating the process, and then it was like it was pretty obvious that things were not working for me, so uh, yes, I the, went ahead.
0: Yeah, the good I, old uh, keto substitutes. <laughs>
1: And, you know, there's nothing wrong with those things if they're keeping you from the Snickers bar, if they're keeping right. you from you know wanting to go to the Chinese buffet and basically inhaling everything inside. If they're keeping you from feeling like a monster when you go to a party and there's nothing for you to eat and you want to bring, you know, keto, almond flour, blondie brownies or something or um whatever, and you find a recipe on the internet and you want, you know, go ahead, knock yourself out, do this stuff. I've done all of it. It's worth the effort if you are someone who has the willpower to just eat one and it doesn't derail you. But I, by and large, have been learning the hard way that these things just aren't helpful for me. So I've actually recently, well, yesterday, um, I posted another article on my blog about um, tweaking these foods on keto, these keto friendly quote unquote foods. And so I've addressed um, the problems that you can have with uh, dairy and with certain meat. And then um, things like to, 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 go further with dairy. I mean, I didn't just say, you know, dairy I had kind of subcategories, So I addressed yogurt, I addressed cheese, I addressed milk, cottage cheese, and then I addressed meat. And then I think the last one was, Um, well, it was, it was, uh, it was dairy. And then I kind of sort of proselytize about focusing on protein because one thing that people, um, keep forgetting is that there's gluconeogenesis or whatever, like that people use that word and throw it around a lot. And I want to talk about that later, but I want to see what other questions you have.
0: Oh, what's that? It's mid roll read. Okay. Well, um, the keto substitutes will kind of lead into, uh, Maddie Kay, uh, the former guest on the show here and uh, Childerberg Chilterberg uh, attendee. Uh, what are some recommendations for replacing potato and corn chips, preferably something sturdy enough to hold up to a thick dip?
1: Yeah. And I answered that in the thread, but I'd like to hear what you had for that.
0: Um, with me, it's, uh, we're all trying to look for that crunchy, uh, I think is, is more of a texture type of thing. Um, so for me, like, uh, plain, uh, mm, chicharrones, uh, pork rinds, you know, stuff that just has like salt on it. Uh, those hold up pretty well. And then also the, uh, cheese crisps and you can make those, uh, by yourself just out of Parmesan cheese or cheddar cheese. Um, now probably not the the best thing in the world. And again, you know, if it's dairy, you know, like in the case of the cheese crisp, maybe, uh, kind of go easy on it. If, uh, you're trying to keep, uh, trying to keep in uh, ketosis but uh as far as like thick dips and everything um uh i have a finger and i have a spoon that work <laughs> you know what don't I mean? eat
1: your finger dude
0: <laughs> no i mean like you know scooping up the uh the dip and then just taking it off the finger but yeah um i make uh something called a uh, a football dip and it's uh you know breakfast sausage and some cream cheese and stuff and i'll make it for football games but you know i'll sit by and just kind of snack on it a little bit with a spoon. You know, I'm not even using any kind of chips, even though I could probably make some uh, out of those things. But yeah, I'll just use a spoon. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to have crunchy all the time.
1: Yeah, I, th- that is one thing that that I do like is the crunch, and I um I find that if you um if you do like the cheese chip kind of thing, like I'll just sprinkle it on parchment and i'll throw it in the oven or in the microwave and if you throw it in the microwave you can actually scatter it around the whole plate if you have one of those plates um and it doesn't stick if you cut the parchment into you know the size of the plate and then you have this giant chip and you can just kind of break it up at your leisure and take little bites or you can sprinkle little piles but that gets to be kind of a mess and then
0: yeah
1: they run together and then you're just mad but I've measured this before, and it, whether it's hand grated or the stuff that comes in a tub, with Parmesan, it comes out to about half an ounce by weight. So you can't really overeat unless you're standing at the microwave for 20 minutes and making 10 batches. Yeah. So, so it's, really, it's really one of those things that if you prepare it by hand, like with your dip and stuff, you're not going to, you're going to tend to not eat too much of it because you put in the work and it takes a lot of effort and, Yeah. you know, a spoonful of your dip is probably pretty rich and probably two spoonfuls is like, yeah, I'm good. Cause it's so rich, you know, it's not, it's not like, um, throwing down a bag of grapes or, you know, Cheez-Its or something.
0: Right. Right. Uh, also thick dip. Uh, I, I the only thing that comes to mind that uh, would be acceptable is guacamole. Guac. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and you can hand make it. It's not that hard. Don't buy the store bought cuz a lot of that's oh got God, canola so- oil and all kinds of crap in it. <laughs> it's
1: so easy. I don't understand people who buy guacamole unless they have disposable income. I mean, it's like you get avocados when they're on sale, you take them home if they're, you know, if they're green, you let them sit in a paper bag until they turn a little bit black. Yeah. And then guess you could buy 50 of those suckers. And if they're all the same and you didn't get like, you know, varying shades or whatever, you can put them in the fridge once they're ripe and they'll stay that way until you open them.
0: Yeah, which I don't know about you. You know, avocados got a, a very short shelf life <laughs> around my house because I mean, uh, they won't last that long. Well, <laughs> well, I mean,
1: when I when they were 49 cents a piece last year at one point, I think it was right around Super Bowl time or could have hmm. been to Demi one of those two is usually avocado sales around here. Yeah. So, um, so I bought uh, 10 of them and people were like, what in the world are you going to do with 10 avocados? I'm like, y'all don't know.
0: Yeah. I'm going to eat them.
1: Right? <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, I would eat half of one a day, but they're like 10. They <laughs> would think I was going to, well, they thought they were going to rot before I could get to them, but they don't know the secrets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is uh, open them up when you take that pit out you can actually uh, put those in the oven and crack an egg on the inside and eat it with an egg. (laughs) Throw a little bit of uh, cayenne pepper on top. Ah, you're all set.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've seen, I think it was Pinterest or something. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can make. There's a lot of things you can dip. Um, As far as crunchy goes, I agree with you on pork rinds. That was my other answer. Yeah. Um, they make some really fancy, bougie ones, too, now that you can get on Amazon for, like, $5 a bag if that's if that's your thing, you know, and pork yeah. rinds are your weakness. And, you know, some of the stuff that they sell in the stores is pretty rancid sometimes. Not all the time. You can get some fresh stuff. But being here in Louisiana, of course, I have no room to talk <laughs> because I'm a northerner, you know, AF. And so anything up here is probably trash compared to what you guys have. And so I'm not going to even tell you about it, but I have had experience with buying the, um, the pellets where it's just, it's been it's the skin that's been dried yeah, and you put it in the oven or the microwave and then they're fresh. And it's like, you literally had somebody cook them for you that day. Yeah. So I like those. I buy those. They're about 15 bucks a pound depending on the day. Um, and it, one of those bags will last me a whole winter because you're only pouring out a couple tablespoons, not even a tablespoon. Um, and I have, a, I have one of those. Um, I have a snack bowl dedicated to making pork rinds. <laughs> it, is, it is a microwave popping corn bowl. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these, but yeah. it is a gadget. It looks like a regular mixing bowl, but it comes with a special vented lid. And when you put the uh, pork rinds in the bowl and then cover it with the lid and stick it in their uh, microwave and use the popcorn timer on your – or three and a half minutes, depending on your wattage, um, you get perfectly popped hot um, pork rinds. And the, the kind I buy from Amazon are already salted, too.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, down here in Louisiana, we can go to a Cajun meat shop, and they have what's called cracklin, which is pretty much the same thing, except they're, like, really, really, really crunchy and pretty stiff too. And like, um, I, there's been times where I've bitten into those where I thought I was going to start losing dental work. (laughs) And you want to talk about something that will stand up to the, to the thickest of guacamole. It'd be one of those. Um, yeah. I've had
1: a couple of those and I, I'm, I'm sure they were a Louisiana brand they were like, um, just came in a real small bag that was like a white bag with like red letter, and it had, I think it was um, cayenne pepper or something.
0: Yeah, that's uh, they'll usually throw salt, pepper, and some cayenne on it. And uh, I, yeah, those things are so thinking,
1: good. Well, I was thinking the whole time, like I, I would get like one that was like super crispy, like like bacon crispy, you yeah. know, which is what you want. Not the break my jaw crispy. And I thought that that if I had a break my jaw crispy one, that I had a bad batch. But it sounds like even in the heart of where they're supposed to be fresh, you get those too, and it's not bad. It's just that's how they are.
0: Yeah, and you know those like really, really thick, tough ones. I, you know, I'll just throw it to the dog because they got the the jaw strength for it. Um, I was like, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break a crown on this one today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, now now I know that that's it's not uncommon. It's not like it's not because I'm way the hell up here. It's because that's just how they're made sometimes.
0: Yeah, um, especially like the little small ones. For whatever reason, they'll just get like super dense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like do people actually eat them like that down where you are like they want the hard ones you guys have bites about it like i want the hard one or you want the hard one or- uh
0: for most of what i've seen people will like kind of chew and like just chew on them a little bit kind of suck all the flavor off of them and then they might spit the, the like the really hard ones out or they'll do like me and they'll just like throw it to the dog or whatever when they're done um, but yeah, like okay. the the ones that uh, people really go after are like the really long ones because they're not you know super crispy. They're just kind of like that perfect medium, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so okay so so the ones that don't curl up as much that are perfect. Right,
0: right, right. Because those would be the ones that would go first if you're taking them to a party. Yeah, you know? <laughs> everyone will leave like all the little small crunchy bits at the at the bottom. <laughs>
1: Okay. Okay. So I realized I've dragged this out to an insanely weird amount of almost like the Frasier brothers arguing about some opera, but I really am interested in this. And the reason that I was is because I really thought that being down there, you guys would have access to better ones and that maybe I just had a bad one. So, um, and I, and I was also interested to know if you guys actually thought about it, like, you know, how people, people are on the internet and like, you don't dunk Oreos, you twist them apart and eat them. And it's like, Oh my God, people are fighting about these things.
0: Yeah, people will go to uh, to crazy lengths about arguing about food, like whether or not hot dogs are a sandwich or if uh, you put pineapples on pizza, you know.
1: <laughs> oh God, I feel like one comes up at least twice a day, at least.
0: Yeah, the pineapple on the pizza usually comes up quite a bit. It, it, we can go long stretches without the old uh, hot dog is a sandwich thing. So
1: <laughs> I I'm, almost got to the point where I wanted to block a bunch of people just for like retweeting these things.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, to me, you know, doing that kind of stuff kind of just sharpens the uh, the arguments for uh, other things. So, like, if I can get something to fit a technical definition of something else, then I can argue that point, and uh, you know, it just serve me later later on if I'm uh, debating somebody on something else.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see. Here's the here's the here's the microcosm. Well, not microcosm. This is the part of Twitter I don't get: is people that are seeming to be doing like you did, which is just like honing your argumentation skills. Like really, I'm not here to debate. I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to confront. If you see me in interacting in those ways, it's because y'all awful people are rubbing off on me. (laughs) Uh, I'm not not kidding. Like I'm here to uh, have conversations, make friends with people, uh, learn some things, Maybe be challenged now and then, but but not to argue and not to um, really criticize too much. Although I I am a very critical person right, and pre- pretty judgmental. And I've told many a politician to, you know what, a uh, celebrity to, you know what. Um, but I just feel like this is where you're supposed to do that. And I don't like to do that. I don't like that part of me that comes out. This is not what I'm here for. And I, I, I sort of resent the implication that I really am. And this is just me being passive aggressive about it because I'm not.
0: No, I, I've never thought that about you. I, I, you pretty much just are going to tell it like it is and, uh, and then move on. Uh, for me, it's, it's more of a, if I can come to it with a kind of a jokey premise, uh, but really kind of deliver some kind of uh, fact or something that's really going to make you think afterwards it, that, you know twitter is kind of the best of that because you got to be very concise and fit it all in the characters and everything um so that's kind of where i go through it and um you know maybe a little bit part of that it's, uh, me just kind of being a jerk sometimes but uh that's fine that's
1: <laughs> not you
0: not, no 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 not no me. but you
1: know what i i i get it I, I i get what you're saying and i mean to like you know um but it's true that um it's true that the character limit really is sort of a handicapping thing, isn't it? And I suppose that's a really bad word that I just used, but whatever, I don't care. <laughs> um, it, it's something like, okay, off the cuff, it takes you five seconds to think of what you're going to say. Uh, maybe 15 seconds to type it out, depending on your device. And then about six to 11 minutes editing it to make sure it comes out and you're concise and you're not sounding like you're doing chat speech.
0: <laughs> yeah uh when they increase the limit to 280 characters we're all like oh man that's uh so much space i have so much more room for activities now <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm, I- I'm not limited to 140 characters and i don't really have to think about what i'm going to say next which could also be a problem
1: <laughs> yeah i have the opposite problem because i'm way too verbose
0: it's <laughs> like okay now start deleting that one <laughs> what words can i make in an abbreviation <laughs>
1: seriously get out of my head
0: <laughs> yeah i that we all go through the same thing we all go through the same thing all right so uh let's bring up the last one because uh it's kind of fun and we can kind of wrap it up from there uh good old uh, alex Utopium. uh he asked this question to both of us uh favorite form of workout all-time favorite comic book and why does bird have more clout than car <laughs> uh-oh So, uh, favorite form of workout for me? Um, Actually, I I do enjoy running, and that sounds uh, completely ridiculous. But uh, I'll get out there and run in zone two. So, uh, you take about 180 minus your age, and you'll kind of be in the area where you want your uh, heart rate to be. And uh, I can solve problems out there. Uh, if I'm having an argument with somebody, I can uh, think about how next to respond in that argument while I'm out there running. So it, it all does really good stuff. Uh, all-time favorite comic book uh, for me, it's going to be Wolverine. It was uh, kind of my generation's Conan the Barbarian because a lot of it was, you know, very violent and there was curse words and it was great. And uh, why does Bird have more clout than Carr? Um, at this point, I'm thinking Bird has probably bought chinese followers that just kind of log into several phones in a room just to follow him.
1: aha, aha. Yeah. you're talking about uh the chinese sock puppet effect
0: yeah 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 you know they went from uh gold farming on world of warcraft to now uh just following bird around and laughing at his really really bad jokes <laughs> <laughs> and Car- i mean it's and Carr because he's a civil engineer hasn't thought to uh, uh you know send a workout to some third world country to, to to do it for him.
1: Well, if there's anything you can say about um, engineers is that sometimes efficiency isn't their forte. Uh,
0: Being a designer, I concur.
1: (laughs) So I would have to agree with you on the workout stuff. I'm not a runner, um, but I, I do like hiking and I do like walking. Um, I know cardio is not an effective weight loss mechanism, oh, but no, for no, me, no, it's no. for me, it's definitely um, a mood booster. Um, definitely a head clear. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but but like you said, it's like it's a way to clear out your mind. It's a way to think of things. Um, it's sort of like when you're in the shower in the bathroom. It's a place where you're literally kind of away from everything else and you have no choice but to think. Right. And it's really good for just if you're in a funky mood or things are just not going your way and just get the hell out there and start, you know, moving. And for me, it's just really just endorphin factory to just get out there and, and do it. And yeah, I don't have the problem exercising. I actually rather enjoy it. I always have, even at my heaviest when I was like, 275. I like to sweat and do things with my body. But my thing is I like the outdoors. That's my gym. And it just hasn't been cooperating lately. I mean, today it's beautiful, <laughs> but it's gonna be 80, and I'm not going out there in 80. So I'm kind of a fair weather, cool slash mild weather exerciser. Okay. Um I can't I can't do humidity. Um so As far as comic books go, you know, the last time I laid hand on a comic book, I was probably eight and it was Archie. So that's my answer. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm an adult.
0: So so. Betty or Veronica? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those Archie comics were crazy, though. I mean, the Predator showed up on one of them. There was a vampire at some point.
1: See, you're just taking it to, like, nerd level, and I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I was eight, okay?
0: Yeah. I wasn't... No, I got I you. I wasn't,
1: like... I wasn't, like, um gonna start fanfic, and, like, I wasn't trying to understand story arcs and all that shit. I was fucking eight years old, Yeah, okay? there,
0: there was colors, so, you know? That was pretty much where we you're looking at, cartoon characters on page.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was... I was taking it at face value, which was, okay, there's these kids in high school and they're a bunch of assholes. And I don't know if I care about these people much, but it's very entertaining. <laughs> so anyway, um, my answer for the third one was, I don't know, but I think he, it's because of all his fake news lately could be it. It's just very kind of entertaining to watch.
0: Yeah. And, uh, there's a, uh, an element of danger. I think. Cause if you clear your throat in a bathroom with them, you may have something thrown at you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that, that was definitely dangerous. That's something that you wouldn't want to come launching over the stall at your
0: <laughs> Yeah. It's like Holy hepatitis Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, those two are definitely entertaining to follow, but I, can tell you there are some days I log in and go, I don't even know what has changed in the last 24 hours. I don't know what's going on. I can't keep up.
0: Yeah. uh, You know, when even uh, when bird took a little break from Twitter, sometimes I I just think, does he like just live here? (laughs) Cause he seems like he's on the, on the Twitter account very much.
1: I have a suspicious, a sneaking suspicious that many people live on Twitter, which is why I ignore a lot of them.
0: That's probably the best policy. Just ignore, ignore, Ew. ignore.
1: <laughs> Can we agree that that these two, is there some sort of sideline reporter that I should follow on Twitter that's keeping everybody up to date with these two? Because I can't follow them myself anymore.
0: Uh, I don't really follow a lot of it, and I think a lot of it gets generated uh, from their podcast episode, but they have this bad habit of just kind of saying what it is before the episode actually get got released.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's like inside jokes, but not inside. If you listen, and then once you listen, it's like okay, they could drag this on for a month, or it could be over already.
0: Yeah, it's uh, like the whole road Toad thing got out of hand pretty quickly, and uh, that's how Dark Tom Woods came around. You know, and that episode wasn't even released because Dark Tom Woods it erased it.
1: That, <laughs> isn't that the one they had Mark? gone.
0: Yeah. They had Mark Claire, uh, the, the glorious mane of, was, uh, Mark Claire was, was on del- there.
1: Yeah. And then like the next day I thought I heard word of, um, some footage, but then it never came out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You never know. There there's been, uh, there's been times where like, uh, my audio would get crapped out and then, um, I'll find it later. Like after I've done that episode or didn't do it. And they're like, Oh, so you just saved it in the wrong spot. Hmm. So much for uh, computers. Yeah.
1: See, and that's the stuff that I'm already anticipating having organized before I start my own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's all stuff that you got to be aware of. So.
1: <laughs> well, it's just that I'm sort of one of those people that I don't just dive into something. I basically research everything before I even start. And that even includes the dumbest shit like buying something that's $10 on Amazon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like in my case, I just went out and got stuff and then just started doing it. And I've kind of like figured out most of it along the way. (laughs) Uh, So like I was telling you before uh, we started, uh, I was trying to get room tone so that I can uh, erase some of the background noise. And uh, I think I brought it up to a couple of the podcasts where they're like, room tone? What are you talking about? And then I had to kind of go into where I heard it. I heard it on a comedy podcast and then I had to research it. And I it took me like three or four articles on how to, uh, till I found one that actually demonstrated how to do it.
1: <laughs> oh, cool.
0: Yeah. So I was like, OK, well, now I'm doing this because, <laughs> I, you know, I'll have like an air conditioner running in the back because, you know, Louisiana is fucking hot. And uh, sometimes there'll be a ceiling fan going and I can get, a you know, most of that noise away. But to me, I think if there's uh, like a little bit of stuff going on in the background, sometimes it, that's fine. It just kind of adds. Doesn't really take away any.
1: <laughs> flavor.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, down here in Louisiana, we call it laying up, something extra.
1: <laughs> Wait, I didn't hear your, your audio was a little fuzzy. What did you say?
0: Oh, down here in Louisiana, we call it laying up, something extra.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that word. It's spelled funnier than what you said, though.
0: Yeah, there's a big old G in the middle <laughs> and you don't pronounce it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a, a silent G.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, you know, I can take you to uh, New Orleans and show you some of the street names. It's like here, this is Chapatula Street. Spell it. No, that's no. not. No, that's not Carondelet. It's Carondelet. <laughs> sometimes yeah, we, we pronounce a, the French stuff, and sometimes we don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of French stuff here too, but it's mostly like French Indian, French Canadian. Yeah, um, which is
0: all the Cajuns are because they originally came from Acadia up there in uh, Nova Scotia and stuff.
1: Right. Right. But I mean, it's a different because because the Indians from Minnesota are different than the Indians from where you're from. So, yeah, like we'll have these really, really crazy lakes and names of towns. And I mean, I can't pronounce any of them. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. Like if if I took Louisianans up to the upper Midwest and everything and just the the Polish names and the German names alone would probably throw them for a loop.
1: We don't have that many. I mean, in Minnesota, we have a few, um, but you're probably thinking more like uh, um, Illinois and Wisconsin. There's a lot more of yeah, that yeah, there. Yeah. Here in Minnesota, we have more um, Scandinavian, Norwegian, and um, an Asian actually. So, I mean, since the 70s, obviously, we yeah. have the we have the biggest Somali population as well. And um, several different types of um, of Asian cultures that reside here since, well, since Vietnam War was out.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that also happened down here in the south. So a lot of the crawfish uh, fishermen, they're all Vietnamese. And so like their kids don't, uh, they can speak a little bit of Vietnamese, but they're mostly English. So it's uh, really funny to to go down there and, and try to negotiate like buying bags of crawfish from them. <laughs>
1: yeah you have
0: to wind up you wind up doing it with like a 10 year old yeah it's it's really fun it's like it's like how old are you again 12 but you know my dad i was like okay all right i got you (laughs)
1: yeah
0: so all right well i think that will uh do it we've uh solved all the world's problems uh we we got to know about bobby joe's uh, favorite comic book character of all time is archie and she really didn't
1: all the stuff I said today. That was the thing you took away. Got it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was the big thing. That was a big thing. <laughs> but uh, anyways, guys, uh, check out her blog, uh, Keto licious. That's uh keto lish. Dot U S and uh, give her uh buy her book. She also has a cookbook, uh, buy it and in then, mass quantities and give away extra copies.
1: And uh, D2K life is coming. It's not soon, but it's coming.
0: All right. Consider us warned. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're definitely been warned. <laughs> it'll it'll be good though, I promise.
0: Yes, uh, with as much uh, analysis and uh, and uh, investigation that you do into everything, uh, I think I think it will be good.
1: Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. See, this time we uh, didn't even break an hour. So the last time we had almost gone two hours. So like I said, we weren't going to go get crazy with it this one this time. So.
1: Okay. Well. <laughs> Good enough for me.
0: <laughs> All right, Bobby Joe. Uh, if you've got any other plugs, go ahead and give them.
1: Yeah. Um, just what Eric said, ketolish.us. And I have been posting my recipes and stuff on my Twitter, which is at B e e j e r e n o. Sorry, E-E-N-O. It's just a stupid uh, pronunciation with B-J and then Arino just for fun. So,
0: no, that's fine. That's fine. Begerino. And guess what, guys? I'll link all that stuff down in the show notes. So if uh, you didn't catch quite all that, you don't have to pause and go back and get out your little notepads and your pencils. And you can just uh, look down at the show notes and then click. And that's easy. That's easy. You can do it. Anybody can. <laughs> all right, Bobby Joe, have a great day. We'll talk to you later, OK?
1: Thanks. Bye-bye.